We're learning this beautiful Sefer Time of with this beautiful, beautiful, it's written with examples and everything published so nicely. We're up to Midah test. Remember, when you use this Midah in your life, email me at twistedparenting at AOL.com and I will share it. If you want to change your name and details, no problem. I want to share how we use these Midos in our life. Midah tests. May you, Hashem, cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. This is a good attribute of Hashem. Zumida When Bnei Yisrael sinned, Hashem delivered us into the hands of our enemies, such as Parai. And they returned in Shuva. So why then were Parai, Sancherev, Haman, and Simul enemies punished? Hashem does not just console himself with saying, B'nai Yisrael did tshuva. Let there be for them no evil. Haman or Parai or Sancherev will be removed. This is not enough. Rather, Hashem does even more. He pays retribution to Haman, Parai, and Sancherev. V'hatam l'anhagazu, hu b'soyd v'nosa ha'soyer alav eskal avinoisam al eretz gzeira. The reason for this providence accords with the secret of the goat will carry away all their sins to a craggy country. Did I say that right? Craggy? Craggy country. Meaning that the goat literally carries away sins. This is very difficult. The sins are from B'nai Yisrael. But who? But, but the goat bears them. To answer, we explain as follows. This attribute, this midah is... A person confesses his sins, and his intention is to purify himself. As David HaMelech says, Herev kapseini mi'avoini, generously cleanse me from my transgressions. Transgressions. So too we say, erase what we have sinned before you, in your great mercy, on the end of Yom Kippur Shmanesri. A person's only prayer is that the, the punishment should be light, so that it not interfere with his Torah study as we continue, not through bad suffering. This is also the intent when we say, you are just in all that befalls us, immediately after the Ashamnu confession. He actually accepts suffering willingly as an atonement, since there are sins which can only be expunged through suffering or death. This is how this Midah works. As soon as a person confesses in his prayer, the Zayar in Parshish Pekudeh explains, Satan represented by the goat receives his portion. What is his portion? <laughs> Hashem decrees suffering upon the person, and Satan instantly appears to collect his debt. The goat carries the sins, for HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave him permission to collect their debt of punishment, and the Jewish people, Jewish people, the Jewish people are purified. Now the responsibility rests on the Samach Mem, on Satan. The reason for this is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu decreed upon his world that anyone who does so will be annulled. This is why the verse states, you shall kill the animal. So too, we must bury the stone or sword used to fulfill the mitzvah of execution. After justice has been fulfilled, their existence and power must be annulled. This is also the secret of the statue, statue from Nebuchadnezzar's dream. The Tzalem, the statue in Nebuchadnezzar's dream. B'nai Yisrael were delivered into the hands of the king of Babylonia. Its head was fine gold. That head was subdued, and B'nai Yisrael was delivered into the hands of the Persians, meaning its chest and arms were silver. 
These were then defeated, each one by the next, until Bnei Yisrael descended to its feet, which were part iron and part clay. This is all from Daniel. What will be the good result? Ultimately, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will stand them up and bring them to justice as it is written. I shall finish my arrows upon them. My arrows will be finished, but Bnei Yisrael will not be destroyed. Then they will be crushed together, the copper, the silver, and the gold, as it is first written, and struck the feet of the statue. There was nothing of the statue but its feet, because the power of its head, arms, and chest was annulled, and they were removed. Even so, in the end, they will be crushed together. Hashem is destined to bring back Satan and the wicked who follow his actions and deeds and bring judgment upon them. This is the meaning of the verse. May you cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. It means, it means that Hashem sends his judgment to be carried out by those who are likened to the depths of the sea. As it is written, the wicked are like the stormy seas, which cannot be quieted. Its waters cast up mud and mire. These are the ones who inflict judgment upon Bnei Yisrael. Their deeds will return upon their own heads. Once Bnei Yisrael have been punished, Hashem reconsiders. He reconsiders even on what happened before, and He demands retribution for their shame. Furthermore, Zechariah says, I was but a little wrathful, and they assisted towards evil. So too, so too you should act towards another, even if he is a wicked person, crushed down by his suffering. You should not hate him. For after he has been disgraced, he becomes your brother. On the contrary, you should rescue them from their enemy. One should draw close the rebellious who have been punished and have mercy on them. On the contrary, he should rescue them from their enemy, as it says, and not say, His sin brought it upon him. You know why he's so messed up? Serves him right. should not say that. Instead, he should have mercy on them in accordance with this attribute. Okay, definition of the attribute. This is the tachlis. When a person sees the suffering of someone who has harmed him in the past, he should not rejoice over his adversary's downfall or maintain his hatred. Instead, he should have mercy on that person and view him as a tzaddik since he has been purified by his suffering. By doing so, he awakens Hashem's merciful attribute of may you cast all their sins in the depths of the sea. And this is again, we're saying it every time. What the time of the virus is saying, when we do these things that are crazy hard, you evoke in Shemayim, it opens up the, the pipeline that Hashem uses this Midah on everybody. We control Hashem Tzilcha. We control Hashem. When you go ahead to someone who hurt you, and you don't look down at them, you don't rejoice over their downfall impossibly hard, you don't maintain your hatred, and you have mercy, you say, this person is a tzaddik, even after what he did to me. Why? Because he was purified by his suffering. 
very hard, but you should just know that what you're doing is you're not opening up a, a, a gauge over here. You're actually opening up a million ton tzinar pipe in Shemayim that you are now opening up by doing something crazy hard. How could a human being flesh and blood do this? I don't know. Hopefully if we do 1%, we have 1%. We try to do 10%, we have 10%. It's superhuman to go to act in Hashem's ways because Hashem is superhuman. The whole time of Demar, what I'm getting is that you get big scar acting like Hashem. But guess what? It's really hard. Because He's God. And we're like, so go tell an ant, if you do 10 push-ups, you'll get a million dollars. But obviously we can do it, or somewhat. We can. We have to. But it's, 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 doing, it's being godly. And we heard in group last week a woman who spoke on the Zoom. I sent out the recording. A regular, I mean, I don't want to knock her. I don't know who she was, but seemed like a regular flesh and blood. Seemed like a regular person. You know, normal. Like me. Everybody thinks they're normal. Normal. Right? Didn't seem like a, a superhuman person. And then she started speaking how in the last year since she's doing TP with her son who's very messed up, very sick. And before that, they did all the other stuff. And now, they're embracing him and how she feels. You heard the speech. I can't even repeat the words that she said. I was listening to it. I said, I, I, I am no longer surrounded by mortals. So many of you. You're not mortals. You're immortal. You're, you're angels. You're using this that normal people cannot do and you're using it on a daily basis. So, I know I can't do any of this. I'll try. But it's very hard. But you, you angels, who are doing this every day, you can actually start, like we saw from the T.P. Rebbitson, where was she, not here, where, on, the, on the, the poems, you see how she's superhuman. What? She's traveling, but still she usually, right? She's superhuman. I'm pretty sure if you run her over with a truck, she's just going to pop up and say, hey. She's pretty much superhuman. Right? We all see that. We see people in group here that are superhuman. I've seen people here go through things where, honestly, if I went through one-tenth of it, just roll over, lie down, it's over, I'm done. I don't have the kayak for it. And you see people here in group doing and doing and doing and doing and doing. So if anybody can do this in Klal Yisrael, it's you amazing TP parents that are anyway somehow Lamala Midera Chateva. You're angels. Okay, thank you for the compliment, because you have someone who teaches you. And I teach you up front, up front, telling you the opposite of what everybody says. The Chavetz Chaim didn't release his Sefer, I think, for 40 years, because he said you can't teach something if you can't do it. And I have a chutzpah, I tell you, I can't do any of this stuff you're doing. I told you that in the beginning of the training. I'm like a basketball coach, short little Jewish guy, telling the 8 foot 8 guy how to dunk, criticizing him. He can't do it. If he could do it, he wouldn't be getting paid a coach's salary. He'd be getting paid whatever they make, billion, million, trillion, zillion. You know what I mean. Right? So why, why is he get? Because that's his job. So I can't do this. I, I, when I spoke at the Kesha Nafshi uh, Shabbaton, I, I, you should look at that speech. I was saying how nespoil I am from parents who call me up in sometimes terrible situations. I mean, Terrible, and I'll listen to it, and I'll say, "Well, I think you should." And they go, "Okay," and they hang up, and they do it, and I like look. I'm like, "How? How could you do this? How could you swallow all of your ego? How could you swallow all of your embarrassment? 
You know, we just caught our kid and he just did the thing. What do you think we should do? I'm not saying everybody's on that level, but many parents, okay. Look, ah, what? Where do you have the energy? So if anybody can do this, it's you. Let's do the muscle that they give. Practical example. Aaron Sachs was the yeshiva's vecker, a less than envious position, which required him to make the rounds in the dormitory each morning, waking up his fellow bachram for davening. The first time he tried to stir Avrami that morning, it seemed he would have better luck trying to wake up a sleeping rock. The second time Avrami rolled over to his side, which was at least some sort, some sign of life. Please go over there. Maybe he would even roll out of bed and into the base medrash to daven. The third time he tried to wake up Avrami, he lost any hope. No, get up already, he yelled. It's seven o'clock. Avrami was lying there, his eyes staring vacantly at the wall. Leave me alone already, snapped Avrami. Haven't you got a heart? Don't you know what time I went to bed last night? 10.30 is late for you, asked Aaron. 10.30? I went to bed at 2. The mashkiach let you? Why don't you just mind your own business? Get out of my room already, snapped Avrami. He pulled the blanket over his head and rolled over the other way. Aaron was surprised, offended, and confused. He didn't know what to do. Should he tell the mashkiach? Why bother? The mashkiach would anyway find out soon enough what was going on. Aaron gave a sad sigh and went on with his rounds. Being a vecker was a hard and thankless job, but it was worth the effort. That way at least he knew that he would wake up on time himself. The mornings that followed fared no better. Avrami was consistently late every morning. Eventually, the truth came out. Avrami was spending his nights in places where no yeshiva bachar belongs. At this rate, it would not be long before he did not have a yeshiva to come back to at night. His friends shook their heads in disappointment. They had known for a while that something was wrong with him, but only Aaron took it to heart. His job as vekar brought him head to head with all the late risers and with Avrami in particular. Three days later, another shock hit the yeshiva. Avrami was hurt in a car crash. That's how it goes, said a classmate. First you get in trouble in town, and then you end up getting in trouble with drunken drivers. At least he won't get thrown out of yeshiva now, someone suggested optimistically. He threw himself out of the, out to the hospital. He threw himself out to the hospital. How could you talk like that, asked Aaron in Avrami's defense. You think he wanted to get hit by a car? Avrami likes action, but not that kind of action. Just imagine how much pain he's in right now. Avrami's name went up on the yeshiva bulletin board, together with his mother's name, and a request to pray for him, that he may soon return to the yeshiva fully.